back to episode two of the Wise and Moisturized podcast. It's your girl Paige, and I'm here with my lovely co-host Gary. Hey, it's me, Gary. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, thank you so much for coming back and listening. Um, we're super excited to be releasing episode two. Today, we'll be talking a little bit about today's audacities, how some of these people in the streets got us karate chopped. chopped. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good show. Might as well get it going. What's up, Gary? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, well, the little, the little holiday passed, and you know, it was nice to see family and bask in the togetherness and all that. That's actually really like super. Like, were you actually able to spend it in person with your family? Because, well, backstory: Gary and I are both from New Jersey. Gary still lives in New Jersey, and like New Jersey's getting tore up with the Omarion variant right now. I know like three people personally who got COVID. Yeah, I, I I know some people as well. It's real out here. It's super real. But yeah, um, I was yeah I was with my family in person. All was all was well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we uh kept Christmas very low key. Stayed in our own home, and honestly, it was kind of nice. I'm not even gonna lie. Like it was really really cool to just like decide to do your own thing for Christmas. Yeah. Um. Which I actually really enjoyed, which I did not think I would enjoy as much as I did. So I hope everyone who's listening had a safe and happy and productive holiday because, um, like I said, COVID is out here kicking people right in the nuts. So just oh, be God. safe. <laughs> oh, God. Look, I'm boosted. And I just want to, <laughs> I know there's a lot of opinions about people and vaccinations and all the things. But on here, let me just be clear I am vaccinated. <laughs> as am I. And boosted over here. So if you are of age, this is not to be no propaganda, but seriously consider it. Um, I guess do your own research. But honestly, I hate when people say that. I can't even lie. I hate when people say that. Why? Bro, okay. This is <laughs> this is my soapbox moment of this. No, nah, go ahead. Do, do you do. Off. Go ahead. Do you do. <clears throat> I get it. I'm a black person. I definitely am very skeptical of the government. I do not think the American government has my best interests always at the forefront of their mind. Period. Point blank. I can understand what everybody's saying. But if you really go back and like look at your like if you were born after like the 1980s, like look at your vaccination records. Like a lot of like the series of shots that you have to get, like polio and measles, mumps, rubella, tetanus, tuberculosis like, and all that. Yeah, all of them like you get like over 33 sequences of shots before you're like even three years old yeah and i just feel like people will say like i was a child i was a child but like i know we're supposed to be doing better than previous generations but like i'm not trying to catch polio (laughs) i'm not trying to catch measles mumps smallpox like i don't want none of that shit to come back i've never had chicken pox because i was vaccinated and so like i don't know i just can't say when people are like oh do your own research do your own research so you're doing more research than the cdc you're out researching the CDC. That's what you like. That's what people essentially be telling me. They be at home in their mom's basement, <laughs> <laughs> like on some Dungeons and Dragons. Shit. That's that's where they gotta be, right, Paige? <laughs> like on your okay, fine. You're at your local Starbucks. Fine. Let me let me kick it up. Actually, you're at your local Starbucks or or coffee barista location with your MacBook Pro or whatever, and you're telling me that you're out doing the research. Some of y'all haven't even taken like chemistry on a college level but y'all out doing the research of the cdc like that's the part that always blows me so you know make your own decisions come to terms with your own mortality the way you need to but um as someone who's actively had covid before i'm more than happy to get boosted i got boosted on monday and then i went to my regular doctor's on wednesday and she was like when's the last time you had a tetanus shot and i was like sure they gotta call my mom (laughs) she said have you had one in the last 10 years? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> she said, cool, you're getting a booster. You want to know what I did? I rolled my sleeve up and I got boosted for tetanus. And now I know if I accidentally step on a rusty nail, I'm covered. So I just <laughs> I just feel like when people get really, you know, this is not the topic of today's show, but when people get really, like, amped about the vaccine and, like, super pressed about it, I'm like, I just want to see the same energy around seatbelts. Because if I see another click it to ticket sign, 
And I don't see no one sitting up there. It's my right to die. Some people live <laughs> when they get in a car accident without a seatbelt on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nobody be out there, like, being upset. I wear the signs that are like, there are seatbelts in cars and none in buses. Obviously, the research is a lie. Like, where, where are all the research people then? You, I digress. You really, you really got in your bag and that. I'm sorry, because it just makes me so angry. And I get it. I have some people in my family and in my personal life who don't believe in the vaccine mandates. And I can understand feeling forced to get something. But y'all out here kissing strangers in bars and drinking henny. Get get out of here. I'm like, you know what I mean? You know Not the henny. I pulled up to a function before 2020 and someone that I knew passed me something. And I was like, you know what? I know you enough. I'm going to take a sip. I'm going to take a hit. I'm going to do whatever. You know what I mean? I'm going to do whatever. I'm with the vibes. But y'all can't get like jiggy with a vaccination? I don't know. Okay. I've had sex with heterosexual men, not always using a condom. And I just know that like I, I can't be too good for the vaccine. Because obviously I've let other things go into my body unregulated. So Live your truth, queen. Look, I just have to be honest and like sorry mom if you ever hear this podcast, like maybe just don't. But um <laughs> but no, I just feel like I have to use my platform responsibly and this again, like this is no shame. I have friends who are not vaccinated. It is what it is. <clears throat> but um I know people are like, Oh, it doesn't matter now. It still matters to get vaccinated because yes, you can still absolutely get COVID, but the chances of you dying from it are significantly less. And I had a close friend of mine die from COVID. I don't care what no one says. Nothing sucks more than your friend dying of COVID. And like, you know that they could have lived. Period. So, I don't know. Uh, Especially as uh, COVID uh, stats and stuff go up around our hometown and, you know, just thinking about my family and stuff. Like, just do your part, bro. Just do your part. So... So you can go back drink a henny behind people that you don't know. Everybody who out here was who was driving the boat this summer, we seen you. We seen you drive that boat right over to the vaccination clinic and get the free vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, For real. I'm telling you, if the vaccine came with free douce, people would get it. So I'm just pretend like it do. That's pretend facts. Like it the vaccine that. free, so take your little twenty dollars to buy the douce. It, it all work. It will all wash out in the game, in the long run. But yeah, that was uh sorry. That was like my five minutes feel on the vaccine. Be safe out there, respectfully. Uh, no uh, hate comments in my uh, DMs, y'all. <laughs> Bet. But yeah, uh, I guess while we're getting things off our chest, <laughs> Gary, you got anything that's really burning up on you? No, nah, no, nah, my chest is actually good, Paige. Well, that's good. Yeah, man. <laughs> so switching gears to today's Audacities, which is a segment that we've developed that where we talk about like the latest social media combos and, you know, just like whether it's super serious or super stupid, we're here with the shits. Um, so like we said, Christmas, Merry Christmas was yesterday. Again, not sure when this podcast will drop. So Christmas might have been two weeks from now when you hear it. Um, but there was a lot of like talk on the gram and on Twitter about like people buying their sons uh, kitchen sets, like the toy kitchen sets. Yeah. And apparently that was sparking quite a bit of debate. Uh, Gary, do you want to give us more information on that? <laughs> yes. Um, so for starters, you niggas get on my nerves. And here's why you niggas get on my nerves. Y'all make every y'all niggas make everything gay, bro. Like, <laughs> like y'all know. Y'all, like y'all know shit can just be, right? Like things can just be things. Like not everything got to be gay. Like if you let these niggas tell it everything is gay somehow. Um but to for as my opener. But yeah, so essentially it was um it was a little conversation happening on a uh, on on I don't I, I don't even know what the original thing that sparked it was, but Somebody, there, I, I just saw a bunch of uh, Facebook statuses about it, about like, you know, somebody said something alluding to the fact that like getting like a young boy, um, like a toy kitchen set, it like is like suspect or something instead of getting him like, I don't know, cars or trucks or monsters, monster trucks and dinosaurs. And people were just taking issue with it um, and, and with the implication being that like, you know, it would 
it would fem it would it would make that it would make that young boy more feminine. Y'all are so crazy. So having so being able to cook for yourself and sustain yourself in a way that doesn't require you to spend hundreds of dollars on fast food is now making young boys gay. What about a spatula is gay? <laughs> what about like what about pots and pans is gay? What about fire is gay? Because you know we use fire to cook, and I think fire is considered manly, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it is. I, to me, I just I feel like ah, people who have these views, honestly, like if you're if you end up being like a close friend of mine, and you're like, I'm not buying my son a kitchen set because I think it's gay. Please keep that to yourself. Please don't tell me. Like it's fine. Like just please don't tell me because I'm gonna look at you so crazy. What? First of all, like that's not even how gayness works. At so all. you're just already so wrong. Like you're already so wrong. If your son is gay, it don't matter how many Tonka trucks you duct tape to his hand or you know how many like sports or whatever you want them to do. Because you know there are like gay basketball players, there's gay football players, there's gay like there's gay like any type of like person that you think there are, like there's a gay version of that. Yes. Um I don't know, I think that to me, like, this is just so lazy. Oh, my God, this is so lazy. Because the crazy thing is, at the same time, so many, like, not to, like, take away from this exact point, but I feel like I see it on Twitter all the time, like, so many dudes complaining that, like, first dates and stuff like that, oh, women, won't you spend all this money on them? Why you can't just come to my house, chill, and I'll cook for you? Where are y'all learning to cook at? Where's your interest in the kitchen being sparked? Because apparently anytime a boy looks into the kitchen, they're gay. For real. Now I'm supposed to trust you. You ain't never made a grilled cheese ever in your life. I'm supposed to for dinner. All because a little five-year-old you is too straight for an easy-bake oven. For real. I had two easy-bake ovens. Let me tell you, they are not easy, as they say. And sometimes the stuff comes out there tasting like garbage. Um, which one know it taught me resilience. And it taught me to bounce back. <laughs> <laughs> the most important lesson. It's resilience and bouncing back. I don't know. I just are y'all not tired of this? Like, are y'all like I need to know like a maybe that's a poll we should put out on our um Instagram and Twitter. Follow us there. The links will be on our website. Um <laughs> the like I just want to know, like, are y'all not tired of carrying this like heavy load of misogyny on your shoulders? Like, I mean, y'all can't have nothing. You can't get ice or lemon in your water. I saw that on um Instagram one time, like this girl was on a date and she said her her man or whatever her boo got lemon like ice water and she like couldn't enjoy the date because he was gay. Wait, what? what? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making this up. Like it was definitely on um Kevin stages. He's always doing like stuff that makes men gay. Yeah. Oh and yeah. And it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. most basic stuff. Like men aren't allowed to have smile. They're not allowed to have fun. They're not allowed to have flavor. They can't care for themselves. And the crazy thing is, like, it's, again, it's that two-part that we talked about um, last week, where it's, like, men as a collective or people identified as men, and I'm sorry, we constantly are talking in the binary, so we'll have to work on doing better, but people who feel like they need to uphold traditional masculine heterosexual values, um, like, they promote this kind of stuff, but then at the same time, they feel like there's a prize to women and then again, women who uphold heterosexual, traditional female, or or what are considered um, feminine values, are mm. like also like hyping this up. Like, yeah, that make your son gay. Uh, okay, and that's why your baby daddy is dirty. Can't walk between his butt cheeks because that's gay. He don't know what flavor tastes like because he never allowed himself to lick an ice cream cone because that's gay. That's why y'all go on the same three uh, dates to the chicken shack. Uh, the sports bar <laughs> and the sizzler because everything else is gay. Like it's just exhausting. <laughs> like that's why his lips is chapped and your pH is wrong because he can't do no research because that's gay. Like I just, my God, like <laughs> did we not see how this is literally killing us? Hey, like, Sage, I'm starting to think you're talking to somebody specifically with how <laughs> with these snipes you're getting off right now. <laughs> like I'm not even talking wh- to anyone. Yeah, yo, whoever, yo, whoever this is for, I hope you hear this. <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't piss Paige off. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if 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 having a, a PlayStation, or not a PlayStation, because y'all know that's that's straight. Ooh. Um, having like a KitchenAid set 
is gay, then like I feel like the lo- like lotioning must be gay, uh, moisturizing must be gay, cleaning yourself must be gay. Like you know what I mean? Like if that's because to me it's like having a kitchen set means that my child can get familiar with the processes of like caring for themselves. Because I feel like when I talk to people with children, and don't come for me because I know how you girls like to tussle. Because I ain't got no kids. Well, I have one for a baby, but it's not the same as you people tell me. Um, <laughs> but, like, y'all be so tired of taking care of your kids every single day. Like, oh, I wish my kid could make their own cereal. I wish my kid could cut their own fruit. Like, you wonder what maybe would, it, like, encourage them to do something like that is giving them the opportunity to explore and develop in those areas by having, like, kitchen sets. Because I've been seeing a lot of parents on, like, again, TikTok, Twitter, who like build those like realistic kitchen sets that have like actual running water and like mm-hmm. they have like the um blunt like knives or cutting at like tools for like kids or babies to learn how to like cut fruit and stuff like that so that they can learn to be like self-sustainable it's also supposed to be great for problem solving and you mean to tell me that's gay niggas make everything gay bro I'm sick but of that's it. what I'm saying like if problem solving is gay then playing a PS5 is gay because the way that you have to solve those problems in those video games <laughs> yay like see how quickly I can take away what you love too like I just feel like if we could just all learn to live copacetically we wouldn't have these issues I just want to understand where niggas are getting these like 1950s ass mindsets from as well it's their like... grandfather it's like it's like, bro. Are we really still at a point where we associate the kitchen and cooking with women, bro? Like, in 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 twenty and going on in twenty twenty two, is that what we doing? The kit the kitchen is feminine. Like, come on, bro. Like, and for that matter, think about all the things that at a point were considered gay or suspect that niggas just do all the time now. Like. The the same the same types of niggas with these mindsets used to clown people that wore tight not even not even tight clothes clothes that fit you know what I mean right because at one point the baggy clothes had black people in a headlock my god oh well, god and like to the yeah and if you had fitted pants on you know like people people would clown you call you gay even though we're, even though that's just completely ignoring the phase of like the of like the eighties and shit that was all like androgyny and people wearing leather pants and platform shoot but we just ignore that part but anyway <laughs> um but yeah it's just like it, niggas will call stuff gay and then just pop out doing it later and now it's hard it's like niggas are wearing purses and bags like niggas are you know there's that movement now where a lot of like former people the, the same types of dudes that would have like called stuff gay are getting like getting like designs on their nails you've probably seen those on like tiktok right. and stuff like there's like a <laughs> There's, like, new styles of, like, manicures that are, like, for men and shit, which is, like, I mean, do your thing. I have no strong opinions. It's just, like, but it's, like, bro, like, we're, these, these, these equivalencies we make are just so inconsistent. (laughs) It just, it it doesn't make any sense. And honestly, like, I'm very glad to see that, like, I see a lot of men who are, like, getting their nails done. I see a lot of men who are experimenting with color in their hair. I see a lot of men who have been experimenting with makeup or like different types of styles of clothes. And that's really important because how do you know you, my thing is like clothes aren't sexed. Like let's keep it all the way a bean. Like humans did that. Like pants are pants are pants. Like if the pants fit, they fit. Mm -hmm. And if you feel comfortable in them, you feel comfortable in them. Like who cares? Like, there's so many women who were like, I love Prince. I would absolutely die to be with that man physically. I'm not saying I'm one of those, but there was lots of women, lots of adult women, lots of women, aunties, mammies, grandmas, meemaws, who would be out here, you know, talking about their gay son, but love Prince. And Prince looked like somebody middle-aged, light-skinned auntie. Yes, Prince. Like, the fine auntie, like, don't get me wrong, but, like, a fine 40-year-old auntie with the coiffed hair and, like, the fancy shoes, and it's, like, but that, like, that... And the assless chaps and all that. Right, like, that's fine, and to me, it's, like, y'all are so annoying. Like, if my partner came home and was, like, babe, I'm getting my nails painted, say less. Do you want to coordinate the colors? Because it doesn't... Who cares? Like, who, who really cares what's on this man's nails? Like, you're so pressed about what's on this man's nails as opposed to like what's going on with his mind, what's going on with his character. Like that's, again, that's why some of y'all out here 
on Twitter telling us your business every 15 minutes about how these men don't respect you because you worry about the Jordans on his feet and he's about to like kick you in the door. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like y'all are so worried about the wrong things, the wrong things, because how many, like, I just, I would take a nice guy with painted nails and maybe who throws on a crop top every once in a while. Then the fly guy who can't talk about his feelings and is always lashing out, but he got on like cool Jordans. And he, and he walks around scowling to let you know he's a man. <clears throat> Child, I don't have time for that. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. Couldn't be me. I'm exhausted for y'all. Um, holding up the patriarchy is really just so tiring for everyone involved. And I just, I really hope that everyone's able to get free of this bondage. Truthfully. So in conclusion, uh, there's nothing gay about developing kitchen competency at a young age um in case in case you couldn't read between the lines of this conversation um if you're one of if you're one of those people who thinks there's anything suspects or gay or whatever you want to call it or feminine about a young man having a kitchen set or doing anything with cooking uh you're goofy fix it um yeah, you're 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 part of the problem. Uh, unprogram yourself. Uh, realize that times have changed. Just ain't the fifties anymore. And uh, just let let humans human. Honestly, if you think that it's gay for your son to have a KitchenAid set, I hope the food that you eat for the rest of your life is bland and burns the tip of your tongue. Period. <laughs> Only the tip. The tip. Of Only the, the tip. Like the part that's like kind of annoying, like when it like burns. But you can like it like touches your teeth and you're like ah there my tongue is burnt yeah I hope you have that I hope you have like nagging small things like I hope you keep stubbing your toe every third day of the week or something like that like something that's not gonna like totally like ruin your life but something that will cause major inconveniences to you. Man, women are surgical with the petty. This <laughs> is. <laughs> That's just that's just something light, you know what I mean? That's like that's light work. <laughs> I I believe you. I'm glad glad to have you on my side. <laughs> okay, well the other one, I guess this plays right into this is who gets the plate first. Yes. So what is the, what's the what's the rules again? Like what is it like the the girlfriend makes the boyfriend plate? Yeah. So I mean anybody who. The, the 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 thing we're referring to is I mean it's not necessarily new but I feel like it's one of those it's one of those like memes or conversations that like pops up sporadically like every like six months or something like you'll see somebody I don't know if it's always sporadically I think it's around the big holidays uh, Thanksgiving Christmas Easter oh okay yeah, we're having like large so. like gatherings yeah yeah well but yeah it's one of the conversation about like you know this like hierarchy of who gets a plate first um. And, you know, uh, I guess the rule is like, well, I guess like a lot of what the another classical old school consensus is that like the man of the house is like supposed to get his his plate made first and all this other type of shit. Um, And I just I just think the whole thing is fucking dumb. (laughs) Uh, The the real question is, is let's just make sure there's enough food for everybody. Let's, I think this is so funny. Let's start there. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is so funny because I try to think. I don't know if my dad eats first. Sometimes my dad will eat last. But when my boyfriend and I are at home, my mom always is like, get up and make Stanley's plate. And I think that's not because, like, Stanley needs to eat before me, but because, like, Stanley's still considered a guest. Right. Um, it doesn't happen as much now. Like now that Stanley and I've been together almost two years, my mom was like, Stanley, go up and get something to eat. So it's like it's kind of evolved over time. Yeah. Um, I remember one of the first time that like Stanley was at Thanksgiving or Christmas. I can't remember which one it was. It must have been Christmas. Um, and my mom said that she was gonna make Stanley's plate and I was like, I'll make it. And my mother was like, Oh, sorry girl, I didn't mean to make your man's plate. And I was like, Girl, like it's... <laughs> you got it, mom. <laughs> like I don't know. I guess I've never really thought about it in terms of hierarchy. I mean, in my family, we just make sure like the oldest people eat first. So like my great aunts, like we let them eat first or we get up and make them a plate because, you know, they're less mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, us working in higher ed, one thing that always pissed me off is when I see big, big behind pro staff. And if you listen, <laughs> if you work in higher ed, I'm talking to you. 
big behind pro staff will be at the cultural or the cool events with the good food, like the Chipotle or the Moe's or they done gone to the Jamaican spot up the street or something. And y'all be in line before the students. Right. What is wrong with you at your big age? And don't get me wrong. I know we don't make a lot of money. So sometimes that meal is going to be your meal for the day. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but we're literally supposed to be here to serve the students. So I think like not to get off topic, but I always look at it like the hierarchy is like who has the most reverence. And I guess in some houses that would be the father mm-hmm. and maybe the mother makes the plate. And again, it kind of goes back to like, if you're a family that's like always made the plate, like when I cook for Stan and I, I just make both of our plates and then I put them down. Right. But there are some times when it's like, he's not ready to eat when I'm ready to eat. So it's like, hey, the food is ready. Um, and I feel like that's also like, um, as someone who had a kitchen set growing up and likes to cook, it's also part of the presentation. Like I've cooked for you and I'm pretty sure I've, I've potentially made your plate depending on like what you wanted to go on it. And if you want it to look fancy that day, like sometimes I like to swirl the mashed potatoes, like, cause I, maybe I want you to put on the gram cause I'm feeling myself. <laughs> um, and swirl the taters, honey. Right. So maybe it's, I think it's like that piece is like, it also just depends. Um, yeah again like this is exhausting it is i mean i <laughs> i i think i more subscribe to like the kind of like the like the leaders eat last philosophy kind of a thing like mm-hmm. yeah like i guess it, it like you said it kind of differs like like for, for example if it is like a like an office setting or something and there's like a somebody like a i don't know i don't know if potluck's the right word but yeah one of those like office meals I do, I do like the idea of like the the people that are, I guess, like the higher up administrators or whatever you want to call it. I think it does make sense for them to eat last to make sure that the people that, you know, they, they are working to represent actually get a plate. I think that, I think that's the most respectful way to do it in that, but that, but that's also like a different dynamic, you know, it's like in the workplace, power dynamics work a little bit differently. But if we're talking, right. well, if we're talking about like a family structure, I mean, am I, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm single. I don't have any kids. So, I mean, so, okay. So, so if some people might find my opinion to not matter, but oh, well, you're listening to me anyway. So uh, I like, for me, it would just be like <laughs> the kids would, for me, would make the most sense to eat first because as a parent, once you become a parent, your life is no longer just about you. It's about providing for for the for the human being you brought into this world so it's like if all the food is done it's like all right let me feed mini me to make sure they have sustenance and that they are properly set up and then once that's out (laughs) the way i know that i can feed myself or whoever else so it's like that's what makes the most sense to me um but then i also kind of have the mindset like what you said it's like if i if i'm like the cook if i'm the person who made everything i'm more than likely going to make myself a plate last after i make sure everybody else got some that's my yeah. only that's my only real dog in the fight. Yeah, I just think that like if if you got a dude who's like you better make my plate before you make your own plate. To me, I feel like that sounds like a threat. Like, well, what happens if I don't? Like, are you gonna harm me? Like, what's happening next? <laughs> like, like, cause to me, I feel like and sure, I'm sure somebody will say I'm dramatic. My friends always call me the line stepper because I'm going always one step over the line. But it's like what kind of dynamic am I in? And I've been in like BDSM dynamics, like Dom sub, where like it's a maybe it's like a protocol where that person eats first, and like even still, like that's a discussion that's happened. That's supposed to be an understanding, and a lot of times it's something that the sub likes to do. Right. Like I don't mind making people's plates. Like, it doesn't bother me. I'm a plate maker, I guess. Like, if my friend, like, I have one friend who, like, she will go without until one person gets up out of their seat, and now she's asking for seven things. You've met this person, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, you're up. Can you grab me my phone charger and a juice and three apples? And it's like, I mean, I am up. I guess I'll get all these things. So it's like, And move my my car while you're standing. Right. (laughs) Like, to me, I just feel like... (laughs) Some of y'all are just working so hard to be angry. And that's really the crux of all of this. <laughs> like, that's really the first step. Why are y'all so angry about the KitchenAid? Why are y'all so, I mean, not the KitchenAid, the kitchen set. Why are y'all so angry about these plates? Why are y'all so angry about Lil Nas X? Like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> some of y'all just want to be angry. 
Why didn't angry? Just why do niggas need so many rules, bro? Like, yeah. Like, why can't we just rules? Like, why can't we just chill? Like, not like, nah. It's got to be the man. Like, bro. Like, go get some fucking food and shut up. (laughs) Right, because there's people who can't even eat, bro. Like for real. Like you're just really doing a, a lot. Like the most, some would even say. So I don't know. I just I really I feel like this is we might have to change this back to like this segment to like today's just ridiculous uh uh heterosexual standards (laughs) but i like today's audacities because i feel like it just keeps coming back to this like this point of why do you why do we let society take so much from us i think that's really the crux of it is that um i think that's why people hate to see happy black people they hate to see happy queer people they hate to see um, disabled or disenfranchised or historically excluded populations like thriving because you're not supposed to again I mean like you're not you're like you're not supposed to exist you're not supposed to be happy you're not supposed to thrive so like we have to put all these rules around it like you know what I mean like how free is it to be the kind of dude or man or woman or non-binary person who's just comfortable in your existence you got a stomach, you're wearing a crop top. You're um, masculine presenting, you're painting your nails. Like, I think in a lot of ways, and, and myself included, like sometimes that um, seeing it can be overwhelming or confusing to someone who doesn't have the conceptual understanding of what this all means and how people's experiences are like acts of resistance. Mm-hmm. And I know I fall into that as well. Like sometimes I'm like, well, if you want to identify this way, then why are you presenting that way? And truthfully, the the whole point of it, it doesn't matter. They don't right. have to explain themselves to me. I don't have to understand it. What I have to do is treat that person with respect and dignity when I interact with them, period. And like, that's really all that matters. Because, if the person that I'm talking human, to- they are they right. are inherently they are inherently worthy of all those things. Exactly. And I think that that's like the whole point is that when you come, I feel like it's hard when people have lived their entire life in a shell doing all the things that society told them to do oh i'm a man i don't eat bananas without ripping it off and shaking it in my hand first um <laughs> like i've never worn the color pink non-ironically um i always say no homo uh i i don't i've never had water with ice in it and a lemon at the same time like think about all the things like i'm through a bendy straw Right, like I've never been able to enjoy a fancy cocktail with fruit on the rim because that's gay. And I could like imagine like the like you know, withholding all these magical things. Like, you know, I've never made a boomerang because someone told me men who make boomerangs are gay. And then you see someone <laughs> out there doing these things, living their best life, and they're not exploding. There's not people like coming after them, like it's um fucking inception and like there was like there's not like a horde of people running after them to like tackle them like they are just living their best life doing the things that makes them happy and existing and i over over here am like you know denying myself the delicious taste of citrus um because i'm so afraid of what society says about me like i'm envious of that like i'm jealous of that i'm i'm going to create hate i I want that to no longer exist because if i have to be miserable i think everyone else has to be miserable as well and i think that that's truthfully the crux of all this and it sucks because I know I fall into it too, just being concerned about what are people going to say? What are people going to think? And if I just spent less time doing that, I could probably get so much stuff done. Mm, you preaching. You know, I try. Yeah, I see you had time today. I did. I took a nap. So. Yeah, I was about to say, you fresh off the nap? <laughs> ready to let these hoes have it? Look. I'm telling you that midday nap door, it hit different. I'm not going to lie. It definitely hits different. It definitely hits different. Um, But yeah, you know, that was, uh again, my little spiel. But I don't know. I think that that's really what the crux of it is, is that like, it's hard to want to, it's hard to see all these different groups that are supposed to be disenfranchised, that are supposed to be conforming to the norm not do that and now the norm is looking like wait we could have always done this like you know what i mean like it's again that it's that minority um majority mentality like you want it's this idea is serving you even if it's harming you you feel like it's serving you because it puts you in like the top levels of society but when you really look at it like it's not serving you it's actually like hindering you and just think about all the things that we could have or all the inventions or all the things that could have existed if we just let people be who they were 
Mm. For real? Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. Sad off here. Um, so so what we're saying is um things don't things don't always have to represent something that is negative or detrimental or a problem. It's like uh I'll, I'll specifically so I'll, I'll talk to, as as a fella, I'll talk to the fellas. So fellas, um a kitchen set for a kid does not have to represent femininity, just represent a life skill. Try looking at it that way. Fellas, uh not getting a plate first doesn't mean you have to start beating on your chest like a gorilla. Go, this is my kingdom. I get a plate first. That is not like life doesn't have to be like that, my guy. You could also lighten up. <laughs> know <laughs> know that you're gonna get some food eventually. <laughs> be it be it first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. I don't know how many people are at your table, but if uh but but if your soul is truly disturbed on the inside by not getting your plate first, uh I'd say therapy is a is probably a good first place to start. So let's figure out why not getting that plate first really just <laughs> Really just, just, yeah, why did it just, you know, why did it just set you on the, a path to anger and having to set all kinds of wild roles in your, in your household or relationship? Let's, let's figure that out first. Um, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> that was good. That was a good little conversation. Um, I hope y'all really took something from that. And if you feel personally attacked by this rant, then you are the problem. Yes. And you should look within <laughs> to see how you can start to be part of the solution. <laughs> we, uh, so me and Paige fancy ourselves to be like nice and well, to, to be kind people who, who, who don't mean any harm to anybody and who are just out here right. to encourage everyone to be their best. But in this particular case, if you're offended, good. Um, we're happy we could offend. Uh, that maybe yeah, not, stay mad. Maybe, maybe you'll learn now. Um, yeah. Also, this ain't the podcast for you. This kind of stuff offends you, bro. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. It's all right. This ain't for you. I'm sure there's some um, Jeff Bezos or I'd rather have a dinner with Jay Z instead of five hundred thousand dollars podcast <laughs> out there waiting for you. And um, I'm sure they'll be happy for you to join their flock. Yes. But yeah. Switching gears a little bit, it is Sunday, um, and it is the day of the Insecure uh, series finale, and I know Gary doesn't really watch it, which is very frustrating to me as his friend, but whatever, one day, we'll work on it. All I do is let you down. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I do. Yo, you're so, I can't wait for you to be a parent, because you got that guilt shit going, (laughs) all I do is let you down. All I do is, all I do is eat, sleep, boo-boo, and let you down. Uh, But I thought it would be really interesting to talk about some of the themes around that series, because like I said, not everybody watches it, and I do think it's a great watch, but I can also see that the show is like frustrating sometimes. Um, And not everyone is into TV, um, but I think there's some really awesome themes. First of all, Insecure was, is really important to me because it's about a group of young women in their 20s, so late, you know, late 20s, early 30s, kind of figuring out where they are in life. Um, mm-hmm. like, but like in the like 2010s, 2020s, which is great because it's not the 1990s anymore and it's not the 1980s. And like these, like, like this living signal and girlfriends, like although I can relate to the content, like the world is so different now. Right. Um, it was really nice to have a space that I could go every Friday, or not Friday, every Sunday, and like see people who looked like me, who were having problems like me, um, and like were handling things the way I would. I mean, these are all college-educated women who have professional careers. Um, you know, Issa, who's the main character, used to work in education and then was able to pivot out, which is hopefully something I'm looking to do in the future. Um, you know, people trying to find their own space in a white world as a Black person and most if not all the characters are like darker skinned black people so it's just really great for representation and I thought it was a really cool show um so I'm sad to see it go but I feel like there were some like overarching themes that I feel like are really important going into the new 2022 year um that I think we can just chat about and kind of like ponder um so one of them was like embracing the culture learning from mistakes um 
learning to let go, trusting your gut, setting intentions. This one I thought was really good. Appreciating what you are instead of criticizing what you aren't, which is like personally something that I need to work on. Learning to love yourself, um, betting on yourself, and not everything will have a conclusion. Um, and I'll probably start there and work backwards. I yeah. am not like like this show is typically a thirty minute com- like romantic comedy, so like to wrap up anything in thirty minutes is rough. Um, and I don't think we're gonna get a resolution. Like, there's a lot of like cliffhangers, mm-hmm. and I think what this show is trying to say is that like basically these characters have a life, and that like you know you're not in everyone's like you don't get to see everything through. And I think as people who work in higher ed, we see that a lot, where we have kids who maybe we don't come into their lives until they're a junior or a senior, or maybe we have them from freshman to senior year and they come in, they're kind of like all over the place or they're struggling or they swear they're going to do one thing and it turns out it's another and they graduate. Right. And sometimes, a lot of times, we don't ever hear back from them. Yeah. And we don't get to know, like, did you ever learn that lesson of time management? Did you ever realize that the time I had to put you on probation, <laughs> like, that wasn't because I didn't love you. It was actually because I did love you and I felt like you had to be held accountable. And I think that that is something that a lot of people struggle with. I know that I struggled with for a while is that like you would make friends or you would have these experiences with people and you're like so in love with the experience or the feeling or whatever it is. And you want to kind of like preserve it, but like nothing is forever. Like, you know what I mean? Like people Mm -hmm. who you were close with younger grow up to be different people and they're not necessarily always the same people. You can't be friends with them. And I think that that is something that a lot of people are struggling with on Twitter. I can see a lot of people are pissed that they're not going to get the closure. And what about the season six and what goes where? But I think that this is like the first important lesson, which is like, sometimes you're in someone's life for a season. And that is the reason, like, you know what I mean? Like you're not always in there for forever. Sometimes you're just in there to introduce like a new concept. And then you like leave. Yeah. I saw, um, I saw a post or like one of those like post motivational meme Johns. I think it was on, I can't remember if it was on Instagram or Facebook or maybe both, but it said something to the effect of uh, closure is a scam, accept it for what it was and keep it and keep going. And I was like, damn, jeez. I was like, sheesh, I needed to hear that. And I think, but I think that's, I think that's very real though. Cause I think like, uh, I don't know, as people who like, I, like people i guess people take comfort in definite endings and like people take comfort in understanding things you know even if like be it a be it a happy ending or a sad ending you want to you always want to understand it you know you always want to be able to dissect it and like be like oh okay i know why everything happened now i can move on um you know and that's that's everything that that's when in terms of you know shows and movies and and relationships you know we like to if things that just mysteriously come to an end, it it disturbs our soul. Um, And so we're kind of like always searching for that. And that's, I think that's where the idea of closure comes from. You know, somebody, you know, somebody breaks up with you or ghosts you or whatever, you just stop talking to somebody cold Turkey after X amount of time spent together. There's always that, there's always that, that cliffhanger, that unfinished business feeling that people have. And, um, but at the same time, the pursuit of closure can do more harm than good quite often. Yeah. So, um, so I think, I think we as a people do need to learn to stop getting to this idea that, you know, you have to get closure, you know, in order to, in order to be able to move on for things. Cause I think it's very, otherwise I think it's very limiting and I think it can, you, it can, it can result in people subjecting themselves to, to things that they could have avoided. Hmm. Yeah, I I feel like that was a message directly for me because that is something that I really struggle with is like not getting closure. And I feel like I am someone who will circle the block multiple times, even if I'm getting hurt, mm-hmm. because I feel like, oh, but I just need you to understand. And it's like, I realize that as a, through going to therapy and being an adult, um, if you go into a conversation with someone about closure, you have to understand that like, just having the conversation should be enough closure. Like you can't put any stock in what their reaction is going to be or what they're going to gain from it. You know, I can say like, hey, you know, I'm going to talk to Gary because we had a falling out and I really want him to understand like why he hurt me and things like that. And that's great. Like those can be your goals, but you also have to understand that like 
the person sitting on the other end is having their own issues, their own concerns, their own life trauma, and they just may not be able to understand, hear, process, articulate their feelings or yours um, in that moment. Yeah. And I think that that's hard. (laughs) And, And that way, closure can be very, like, Especially if it's involving you and, and like another person or people, it's like closure can be very inherently selfish. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. if your agenda walking into the conversation with me is to just like make sure you get everything you need no matter what, you're already not being considerate of what I might of what might come out. You know what I mean? Like what if I have things that are happening within that situation as well? Are you going to now disregard those things all in the name of getting your your precious closure? Or are you going to be a true present human being and actually like engage, you know? So it's like, yeah, closure, it, it's, tr- it's tricky. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not, this is not to say I'm perfect. I've very much been guilty of all the same myself. I've definitely let lack of closure sour things for me. I definitely am somebody who lays, who lays in bed at night, staring at the ceiling, wondering about a bunch of shit in my life that i never got closure on to this day you know like like relationships pass and i'm like damn what did happen i wish i could you know i wish i could just you know i'm I'm okay even if life continues as it is now but i just get my answer and it's just like that's not how it works bro not how it works at all yeah <clears throat> it's a very interesting and like unique experience to feel like you need closure um and I don't know, I, I think you're right. But I think that this really is a good example of like, hey, like sometimes like you just have to leave stage left and the story will continue. And you'll mm-hmm. just kind of always have to wonder how it ended. And sometimes life will fill your bone and you'll find out whether that be like a Facebook or you run into that person or you know someone. And sometimes you just never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that that was like, to like 2022 is like as people are trying to like set intentions and set new year's resolutions like i'm sure there's some people some things that you need to look into and think about like is it time for me to exit stage left and then considering whether it's not that it's time to close a chapter and whatever book you're writing um it's important to understand that like that chapter may not come with closure yeah and ultimately um Closure is really a mindset. I think I think that's one thing we need to kind of like realize, you know, like a shift in perspective is all the clo- is really all the closure you need. I'm not saying it's easy. Um right. by, by any stretch of the imagination, I'm very aware that you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to be one of those people that's just like, "Oh, well, look on the bright side." You know, like, yeah, like it's easier said than done, but true what we think we want from closure comes from your own mindset. Like for example, in a relationship, let's say you are, you know, things are going really well with somebody that you're dating or talking to or seeing, and then boom, they vanish. They ghost you. They never talk to you again. The next thing you know, they pop up with somebody new and you have no idea what the fuck happened. Um, You might say to yourself, no, I demand answers. You know, you owe me this, you owe me that. But no, all you need to do is confront it yourself and say, hey, this thing ended and I learned a lesson here and figure out what that lesson is and then figure out how to move accordingly moving forward. That's the closure. Yeah. And honestly, if there's anyone out here who has um, secured the Krabby Patty recipe for learning how to deal with closure effectively, please go ahead and drop it in our DMs. <laughs> because like all that stuff is um, easier said than done. And I think just, again, just using the context of the show and how many people are just having such a hard time with the show ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of people who are going to be on Twitter tonight like, oh, the show was booty. I wasted my time. Don't watch it. Blah 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is that like it's just the journey, and that kind of goes into one of the other themes, which was like appreciating what you are instead of criticizing what you aren't. Like mm-hmm. this show is not going to be an all-encompassing closing situation. I think that that's something that like I've been struggling with. Like you know, I, I just started a new job six months ago, and like I really like it, but I definitely wish I was getting paid more money, like most people in the educational field do. Mm. And I think that I'm constantly thinking about like, oh, where I'm gonna be in five years, and whether or not I made the right choice, and making my next move my best move, and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that I need to stop and appreciate the fact of where I am right now. Like my life 
has 150% gotten better in the last six months. Like, I can't believe six months ago. Technically, like, I mean, you were no longer working there, but technically we were still at our old job where we were colleagues. Yeah. Which is crazy. Not, you know, the best time for us. You know, it was, we were also just getting, like, COVID had just started. I know I was, like, really having a hard time. My friend had died. I had had COVID. I was at a job that I didn't feel like appreciated me or cared about my life my life um and I just like didn't want to exist like I definitely didn't necessarily want to harm myself but I was in therapy and I was talking to you and my partner and everyone just like I don't think I can do this anymore like I don't know what this looks like and you know I was contemplating quitting without having a job and I think that you know to to look at where I'm at now and to just be different like things are not perfect don't get me wrong there's definitely still things that, like I said, like, this is part of the thing. It's like, should I leave this job? Should I get another job? Should I be working in tech? Should How many Google certificates should I be doing? And I think right. that I need to, like, sometimes stop and take a second to be like, you got yourself out of a bad situation. And maybe you didn't get yourself into, like, the greatest situation right after, but you got yourself into something better where you're a little bit more stable, where you have a little bit more control. And you're, like, just appreciating the journey, just appreciating where I'm at is really important. Um, my partner always says that was a comparison is the robber of all joy and constantly like trying to compare yourself to other people or where they're at, how much money they're making. Like I know this one girl who like doesn't even have like a STEM background and she's making like crazy STEM money. I'm talking about like over a hundred G's and I'm like, wow, what am I doing wrong? I see what you've done. For, I see what you've done for others. Lord, please do for me. And I think right. that, like, you know, trying to be more mindful that, like, I'm on my own journey. I'm taking things in my own time. And my time will come. It's just hard. And that was something that's, like, a big theme. That's a big theme in the show. Um, you know, Issa is starting, like, a, a brand new, like, company. And she goes back. She's, like, a Stanford alum in real life. And she was actually able to um, film there, which apparently is very difficult. And in this, in this film or in the show, she's like on a panel with all these other successful entrepreneurs and they ask her, like, how do you know that you made the right choice? Like, how do you know that you're on the right path? And she was very honest and she was like, I don't know. And that is what really hit for me is because like, I, I don't know either. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I, I keep wondering, like, is, you know, what should I be doing? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, re I retweet m many of the thoughts you just put out there about, um, com especially when it comes to like comparison, I find myself doing that a lot. I mean, and uh, back to your original point about when we were about when we, when we were coworkers, I did quit with no backup plan. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I did get to a point where I like, I didn't know what was next, but I, I knew that. I was losing myself in the place that I was. I didn't have it back. I didn't have, I didn't know what was next, but I was like, all I know is that the longer I, I remain in this, the more of myself I will lose. And, and like my peace of mind is more important. Um, so having to make that hard choice to, to leave with no backup plan and, and believe that what was meant for me was ahead is, is not easy. Um, and I did find myself, uh, ashamed at first you know what i mean because it was just like we get so I, I i i was so caught up in this like idea that like you know what you do and like who you is like who you are you know that you know your job right. your job status or your 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 employment status you know determines your your value um and so just like having to say i'm unemployed or i quit my job or i'm in between jobs right now you know that I did kind of like hang my head at the thought of that. And like, yeah. And that's, that's so, that's such a messed up way to think when it comes down to like ultimately making a choice for your own mental well being. Um, and that's something that I, you know, that I, I'm, I'm still battling to this day. Uh, Cause like right now, my job situation is still very funky. But one thing that I had to do, kind of going back to your point of appreciating what you are instead of criticizing what you aren't, is I've had to lean into my strengths, you know, my, my inherent strengths, not my work-related ones. You know, like it's it's very right. it's very easy to say like, oh, what's the be the best thing about me is that oh, I'm a hard worker, or I'm very organized, you know, in in my work, or like I'm very loyal, right. I'm very loyal to the team, or you know, like 
-hmm. it's very easy to always like boil down our strengths and the best things about us to how they serve a workplace. Um, and I think a lot of people do that. And, but like, no, one thing I've had to learn to do is like, is, is lean into my inherent value. I like, I am inherently, you know, I'm a maximizer, somebody that likes to bring the best out of people. I am inherently creative. I am inherently mm -hmm. caring. You know what I mean? And it's right. like, <clears throat> that was not an easy journey. Um, and a lot of it was in response to like, if, if I don't learn to love these things about myself, I will equate myself to like how good I am and what I do for work. And if that's the case, I will end up de fucking pressed. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so it's like either learn to fix your, like I said before, like it's a matter of mindset, either learn to fix your mindset or the mindset that you do have will ultimately end you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's like, I think that's really true. And I think I, you know, again, I love a good segue. This segues into the next thing, which is like going with your gut, like, us deciding to leave that job was not easy because that job was difficult because of the environment, but the work was not inherently difficult and they paid really well. Like, you know what I mean? They were willing to let you sit down there and be there for as long as you wanted and to make essentially as much money as you could manage um, being stressed there. Yeah. And I think it was hard for both of us to walk away from that as two black people who don't come from super affluent families. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't like we were quitting our jobs and we were going to be able to go sit at home on our parents couch for an undisclosed amount of time doing nothing i mean yes our parents were willing to be like hey if you need to come home you can come home but like you know th there is a timeline in terms of how long you're going to be considered unproductive in the home right um and i think that that was like you know i think it was really important for us to like bet on ourselves like even this podcast like you know what i mean like we essentially we're neighbors for a year and some change before we even decided to do this. And now we're doing it and we don't even live in the same state. Right. So, you know, I think again, like as we go into 2022, like I think what this pandemic showed us is that the traditional way of how things have always been done is bullshit. Mm -hmm. And don't let these old white people who are sitting at the top of your organizations, like tell you that that's the truth. And that doesn't mean that everybody needs to go out and run and, and quit their jobs and not work for white people, because that's not what I'm saying either, because I do understand the power struggle, the power dynamic, and the way things are set up in our society as a whole. But I do think there is something to be said about betting on yourself. So, and that can look like a multitude of things. Like, I don't, I also don't think it has to be linked to like something that's like cash related, because that's the other part of capitalism. Like, monetizing everything like oh my god how many times did you see over the pandemic and then the last couple of months like oh that hobby you're doing if you monetize it you could make this amount of money or you could do this you could do that i don't want to make everything have to make me money like yes i i would love to have several passive streams of income and i know some rich white person somewhere said that and like everyone's been eating it up and i'm not necessarily saying that it's not correct but i don't want to have to open you know, 15 of my own businesses. I don't want to have to make sure that every single thing that I'm doing is profitable. I am someone who would like to work a traditional job and make enough money from my one traditional job to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's the other piece is that like, as we're going into 2022, like deciding to bet on yourself, like maybe you do start that podcast. Maybe you do decide to start taking your mental health more seriously. Maybe you do decide to start working on your boundaries with your family. <clears throat> and I think that that's like the most important thing is because like if I hadn't said, honestly, essentially a year ago after in November, after I got COVID for the first time and that's when I like, that's all that weird stuff started happening at our job. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And from then on, I started applying for jobs. I think I applied for like 60 or 70 jobs before I finally got a call back. And, um, you know, it was really hard. And like, even now the job that I'm at, like, you know, I see other people who are leaving our jobs now or leaving jobs like ours who are getting better deals and things like that. And I always wonder, like, did I make a mistake? Did I make a mistake? But I think you have to remember, again, like I said, that everyone's on their own journey. And sometimes taking that initial leap will clear the way for whatever other blessings are waiting for you down the line. But you have to take that, you have to like bet on yourself. Um, and that looks different for everyone. For some people, it's quitting their job and starting businesses. I know a couple of people who are doing that. For some people, it's pivoting outside of their lane. For some people, it's exploring different types of jobs. Um, 
yeah, it looks different. But I again, like I think all of these things are themes that were touched upon and <clears throat> insecure. And again, I think that's why the show is so powerful is it's not just a tool for you to like see yourself in situations that feel familiar, Black people dating, Black people having kids, Black people having issues, but also to see Black people succeeding, Black people challenging the status quo, Black people betting on themselves, mm-hmm. Black people acknowledging their shortcomings, it makes it feel reasonable that, you know, if Issa could do it, why can't I do it? Yeah. And I think that that's something that's really important. And I think that's something that I'm really going to miss um, when the show's no longer on. And I know that Issa will continue to do um, amazing work for the community, but I hope that there's other people that are out there who are going to make other shows like this. And there wasn't any weird, like, trauma porn. Like, no one got shot. There was no, like, robbery. You know, most of these people have both of their parents at home or have some kind of family dynamic structure that, like, leads for them to be supportive. You know, there were people in here who had, like, undiagnosed mental illness and, like, you know, like, you know, like, problems that Black people face, but it wasn't, like, a whole bunch of, like, we got to get it out the mud. Like, you know what I mean? These are, like, middle-class people with jobs who were, like, not exactly where they wanted to be. And I think that that's a nice place to be as a Black person because not every Black person has, like, the the story of, like, coming from the hood and, the extremes. you know, I never had any heat and, yeah, like, I, yeah. I don't have a mom or a dad and, you know, I, I like, I, <laughs> like, you, you don't have to be 50 cents. Like, everyone's not 50 cents. <laughs> Some people are from, like, middle-class neighborhoods who, like, did okay and now realize that, like, after living in a middle-class lifestyle in the 80s and 90s, that that's going to be much harder to achieve in the 2010s. And, like, how do you reconcile that? Yeah, like, not every Black story has to be, like, that ultimate underdog story. Like... Right. And, like, and, and the fact that the media continues to do that is harmful because it's like why why do why are we ingraining into everyone's head that every black person is the ultimate underdog like nah some niggas are just chilling in the middle like (laughs) right and it's that simple no but like seriously and i think that that's the part that's like the hardest it's just that like i would like to be able to continue to see stories that remind me of my upbringing with my parents coming from like a you know, uh, like Molly in this class is in the show. She came from a two-parent income household. Um, it seems like, but like her mom got sick at the end of the um show, and like her his dad, her dad is basically like, I don't have any more savings. Like I spent it all, mm. and like that's a real reality for people too. Like there are people who grew up. Like I know myself. I grew up in a very comfortable middle class household, but because of the way that things have changed, the recession, inflation parents like situations jobs stuff like that like the money that we had as children is not always there where they're as an adult yeah and like trying to have those conversations with your parents you know they you know they're trying to uphold an image that maybe doesn't exist anymore like it's hard mm-hmm. and i think that that's really important because like you know watching the wire and stuff is cool but i don't always relate to that and i think that's a problem <laughs> like you said like this idea that like every black person is getting it out the mud. Like some people are getting it out the dirt. Some people are getting it out the rain. Some people are just getting it off the concrete, out the grass. Like, like everyone has a different story. Yeah. And yes, all of our stories are connected in that they are acts of resistance because the entire system is rigged against us. So yes, the fact that some of us aren't getting it out the mud is remarkable. But again, like the same way those getting it out the mud stories need to be told. Sometimes those middle-class stories need to be told as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hope that this, you know, this can't ruin any spoilers because we're still two hours out from when the show even comes on. Um, but yeah, I hope this gives people something to think about. If you haven't watched Insecure, we're not sponsored. Um, you might want to give it a shot. If not, like, you know, these are just some things to ponder. Uh, I think they were all really important things going into the, you know, the new year. Hope it's, I like to think it's like new year, new and improved you. Like, I don't want it to be like new me. It's like, New Year, same me, better habits, and better decision-making. Like, that's actually what I would like to see. Right. And and with that, like, yeah, I agree with that because I don't I don't like the verbiage of, like, New Year, New Me because it, it, it implies that you can just drop the version of your – the current version of yourself cold turkey, which just isn't true. You know, like, the you the you, you are now is, is coming with you. It's just a matter of how you deal with it. 
Right. It's like it's it's a matter of what lessons you learn, what mindsets you adapt, and just like what work you do on yourself. So it's like the new year, new you can be figurative, like figurative as far as like, you know, progress you're going to make, but you can't you don't have the luxury of just being able to ball up the current version of yourself and throw it over your shoulder to be a different person. Right. No, Chief. Do the work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to say that's that's probably leaving a lot to be desired. And you might end up falling into one of those categories of people who don't buy their children kitchen sets. So just don't be afraid of that work, y'all. It's really important to do. <laughs> For the most perfect callback to a previous topic. Good job, Paige. You know, hire me for your callbacks. But hey. yeah, I think <laughs> I think that that's, uh, you know, all I got to say for this week. Uh, Gary, any last, our parting thoughts? Farts. Yes. Thoughts. Uh, so, 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 a thing that I want to introduce is that um, after I want to give uh, I want to give our listeners some personal homework at the end of every of every pod mm. that uh, that draws some inspiration from the from the ideas that we talked about. And uh, so, my personal homework uh, after today's pod is uh, so earlier I spoke about you know a lot of times placing your value and just kind of what you provide, like from a work point of view and. You know, only only thinking that you um, can be proud of yourself, you know, based on your your work status or how much money you make or your credentials and things like that. Um, And how and just how self-defeating and how self-destructive that can be, because, you know, let's say you do end up unemployed or underemployed or doing something that isn't necessarily in the field that you want to be in. uh, By that mindset, you're not going to feel like you have any value. And that's only going to that's that's the kind of shit that makes people's mental health go to shit. So. With that being said, my personal homework for for our listeners is to to make a list of the things that are inherently valuable about you. And I don't again, that is not about work. So it's not about oh, I'm a hard worker. You know, I can you know I can work I can work eight hours straight with no break. Like no, not that, because <laughs> that is for somebody else's capitalistic structure. Like no, the things about you that make you who you are that and that that are inherently amazing make uh, make a list of those things and then lean into those things right like for example mine is like my incredible quick wit (laughs) people may underestimate but i find very much valuable both for my personal life um but also this podcast life too so you're welcome exactly (laughs) The, the 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 wit is so quick Paige. My quick wit. <laughs> it's so quick. Wow, I missed it. it so it went by so quick. Wow, I just want to give people an example. That's what that's how homework works. You always give the example problem, so that way they have an idea of where they should be going. So you're welcome, all the listeners out there. Thank you. But yes, that, <laughs> that, that is your assignment, and we we will we will collect it next class. We show will well. Thanks so much for hanging out with y'all. Not with y'all. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Um, We hope to hear back from you soon. Again, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Those links will be on our page. Um, And let us know if you want to hear anything on the show. You can slide into our DM. Also, our personal pages are tagged on our Instagram as well. Hey, and Paige, I just got to say, you really took the lead on this one and you killed that shit. Aw, thanks, boo. I'll be trying or whatever. You know, 50-50s with the work. You be succeeding. What's in this shit, Gary? Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>